It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's secret golf. It's what I'm looking for. Well, they say everything's bigger in Texas. I don't really know how you get much bigger than Vegas last week on the PGA Tour, though, especially for one of our secret golfers. Hi, I'm Diane, and welcome to our podcast. So last week, it was the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open. And a great week for our very own Pat Perez. He finished solo third, won $483,000. That would be nice. I mean, if you're going to win a lot of money and spend a lot of money, then I'm guessing Vegas was the place to do that. But interesting with Pat that he actually changed up his game and went back to basics. After missing the cut in Napa at the Safeway Open, he was like, right, okay, I've got to do something. It doesn't feel right. I'm trying so hard to hit the ball farther. And yeah, switched it up and it worked. We're going to hear about that in just a minute because Pat Perez is on the podcast today. So this week, the Houston Open at the Golf Club of Houston, the 14th and final time it's going to be held there. Next year, it moves to Memorial Park Golf Club, which is undergoing reconstruction and redesign right now and of course a different time of year for the Houston Open as well we're going to delve into that but with Steve Elkington being in Houston well I hear you have a lodger this week yeah well the rent is uh, quite expensive it cost him a new PXG driver yesterday because I was watching him in Vegas hitting the ball a mile and he's been complaining about being a short hitter and then he's further than everyone else so I said you better get me one of these uh, new drivers so he got me one yesterday Diane so I can't wait to test it all right so that's what you guys were doing last night in the house I did see a picture on Twitter yeah exactly Pat congrats last week solo third in Vegas and uh, I mean it was amazing to watch it was super exciting especially on Sunday yeah, it was fun. Uh, just to make enough putts coming out of stress, but nice being contention again. It's been a while since mm-hmm. uh, since Dallas, but uh, it was fun. It was nice to uh, you know get out there and hit the right shots and 
you know, at least give myself a chance in the end. Yeah, I mean, Saturday was awesome, shooting 62. And then on Sunday, I have to ask, because you were a couple of groups ahead of um, of Kevin Na, uh, well, just ahead of him. And when he made the triple on 10, when did you first see the leaderboard to be like, wait a minute, I'm still right in this? Well, actually, there was some guy following me that told me he made triple as I was walking. After I just bogeyed 12, the guy couldn't run over and tell me fast enough that he had uh, that he made triple because we didn't have any scoreboards. There's no scoreboard between 12 and uh, 14 green. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't really know where I was, but I know that he made triple, but I didn't know that Cantley made bogey either. So, uh, you know, it, it didn't really change my strategy. There's, you know, when you, when you make that turn, you've got to birdie, you, you know, you've got to have a chance to birdie 11, 12, uh, 13, you know, 15, 16. So, that that's always the strategy anyway on that on that course, but I just didn't I didn't make enough birdies. I did I birdied uh, bogey twelve and then I you know, I birdied thirteen, didn't birdie fourteen, didn't birdie fifteen, you know, missed an eagle putt on sixteen and mm-hmm. two parts of seventeen eighteen and you know uh, you know, finished two back, but um, you know, that that's the stretch of the course that you've gotta you got to take advantage. I just didn't on Sunday. Yeah. But, I mean, for you, mentally huge. And I was talking to Elk about it yesterday. You've really gone back to basics with everything. You did it at the beginning of last week in Vegas. And, I mean, it paid off immediately. Yeah. I did a lot of work with Drew and, you know, trying to get longer. And, uh, you know, I was longer. I was hitting nine. I mean, I was hitting seven on 195, but I didn't know which direction it was going to go. It wasn't near the pin. So, you know, I went back immediately. I got done. I went down to the range on a nap on Saturday. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go back to my short swing and stuff. I won with twice and, mm-hmm. you know, I had two and a half great years and, and I did. And it came back pretty easily and, you know, I hit balls on Sunday as well. And, um, you know, I got out there on Monday and I was ready to go. And I, I knew it was going to be a good week. If I just made some putts, I knew I was going to be there in the end because I was hitting it fantastic. And, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty much going to be the, uh, the way I play uh, from now on again. And hey, Diane, I have a, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Elk, you always talk about that, that it's like you start to overcomplicate things and think about it too much, and you need to strip it back and just go back to back to the basics and what made you great in the first place. Yeah, exactly. What I want to ask Pat on this podcast is that, you know, he and I were texting and he said he was hitting the ball, you know, he got his distance back or, or got more distance. I'm curious because everyone will want to know what was he working on to get more distance and why wasn't it working? Well, I was I had my put my hands forward like you do. Yeah. And I was trying to create a lot of lean going through the impact. Yeah. And I got it. But the problem is when I try to do that, I get too left heavy. My you, problem is I'm mean, always say left heavy. I'm like when I, I'm at the top of the swing, I'm always too left. Leaning on your left side. Leaning on the left side, which makes it too steep. Yeah. Now you can get a lot of power with an iron that way, but you know, the driver is hard for me. I because I, I I have to try to hit up on it. And if anybody knows anything about trackman numbers when I try to hit up on it, that actually gets me at zeros. That gets me level, as level as I'm going to get. So it doesn't look it doesn't look right side heavy or trying to hit up on it, but for me it does. And when I try to do it the other way, I try to hit it farther than that. I, uh, I get too too left heavy. I hit I try to hit down on it to be up three. Yeah. So we're the dead opposite. I I try to swing up up is I try to swing up ten to be at zero or minus one. And is it okay for you to be at zero for people that, that are trying to get distance on the, you know, like zero for you is, is like maxed out, right? It's maxed out. I mean, Rory's eight and five out to the right. He's, you know, he's, he's the max. Up. Yeah, he's eight and five to the right. That's why he is big smash. He's got speed, but uh, that's why I think he's the best driver in the game. But, um, yeah, for me to swing that way is, gets me at zero. So how do you, um, as a tour player, you know, of course, you're out there and you want distance, but – 
I keep telling you, and you'll you'll be able to tell everyone that you know you're you've got to find um, some. Uh, you've got to be appreciative of being a good iron player and a good putter, like Tom Kite and some of these guys that I played with, Lanny Watkins. They they just tore it up from the fairway. And is that that what you got to do going forward? You got to think of yourself a little different. Yeah, that's what I did when I won twice. When I had those two great years, I I didn't really hit it far, but I knew I knew where my irons were going. I knew I was going to hit them close. I knew the shot was going to be. I knew I was going to hit, you know, just a baby fade, and that's what I had on Sunday. I was not worried about one shot because I knew where it was going. I had control of the club face and my arms, and I knew that I was going to be able to hit it, uh, you know, where I was looking. Diane, uh, Pat was a pretty average putter when I left the tour, and now he's a great putter. Uh, I don't know what his stats say, but he hit a lot of greens last week. You're putting with that big mallet head. Why are you so much better from, like, you used to suck from five feet, yeah, four feet. I was shitty from everywhere. Yeah, and we did some videos that you, you – and pull up some videos on Secret Golf and put on this podcast. But what was the big change for you putting wise? Was something to do with your eyes? What? Yeah, one one I went cross handed, and two my eye line from ten feet when I looked up was about five six inches right of the hole. So you had your head cocked too much. So I had I couldn't see the line. So if you can't see the line from ten feet, you got no chance of making it. So you know, and from five feet, I was going to be half that. So I did a bunch of drills working on you know actually like you've got here on your on your deck here porch porch. <laughs> got it. Yeah, Porch, you've got it. You've got all these boards here, and you're so looking down a straight line. We know right that now. board straight. Yeah, we know that. that. So if you can't see these two lines here, run into these two lines over there. If you don't see those two lines running straight, you just take a two by four and look and down. And you look down a two by four. Anybody at home, grab some of the two by four. Look down. If you don't see that straight, then your eyes are messed up. You got to be able to see that straight. When you say see it straight, it might appear like it's not. It's not. It's not. The, the two by four is not going where you want it to go. Yeah, if you look up and it's either right or left, then your head is cocked the wrong way. You need to get your eyes set up the right way. So what I did, because I started coming into the putter straight, I started coming in or into the shot. Like you're looking at a photograph on the wall, yeah. no, no side tilt. Coming straight, and then actually when I would get into the putt, I would keep my head in that same position, but now I would be in my golf stance. Then I would take my eyes and my head and rotate down and watch it going down that line until I got back to the ball. And then you just go straight away, or you just I wait straight a away. Bit? But I mean, it took me a long time to get into that routine. Yeah. But that's what I do now. I look at the hole this way with my head straight, and then I cock it down, and I follow the line back down to the ball, and then I go. That's amazing. And as you say, like people can work on that at home. It's a, a two by four bit of wood, and Anything. they can work you can on take, that. You know, even like on a cart path, I'll stop on a cart path, and the cement line. Just I use down. that too. Anything. I, I go to the side of the. I go to the side of the green. I use the the fringe cut line. Anything yeah. that's straight. I use now to make sure that my eye line is straight. Mm -hmm. Diane, I have another question for Pat, which is, you know, this is a fall season, this is a shoulder season. This week at the Houston Open, it's not a great field. But, you know, this is the last year they're playing this course. Next year they're going to a new Tom Doak course. It's going to be really exciting for Houston being built down in the city. But, Pat, what what because I didn't get to experience this fall stuff like you did. What, what are you guys trying to accomplish in the fall? I mean, I know you want money. I know you want points. Yeah. But what, what's the deal? Well, to get, obviously get an early win because, you know, every time I've won the last two times, uh, it basically turns into a three-year exemption. You win, and then you get this whole year, which maybe, you know, if you didn't have full status like I did in my first year, uh, you know, it gets you in all the exemptions. Uh, you get you know, the rest of that year plus two more. Plus two more. So it's like a three-year exemption. Yeah. So, and it gets you in Sony. It gets you in, uh, not Sony, the Century. It gets you in Augusta. gets, you know, if you climb up enough, you get in the majors. You get the WGCs. It, it changes your whole thing, but it gives you, like, this three-year buffer. You know, and then I did it again. They gave me another extra year on top of my other one. So this is the because last Because of year. your injury. Yeah. So this is the last year of my... Basically, four-year exemption that I won, uh, you know, from uh, 16. 
but you know, the, my goal this year right now is because my I'll have past champions, but that's not good enough. Is to get my card done with and try to win again before January. You've got your card done now. Well, no, I've got half. I got, about, half. I got about half the done. Okay. So I want to ask you one other question. You had a baby. Your baby's now like 14 months, little Piper. And you said something to me very interesting, which was, you know, it's different when you have a kid on the tour. And, and but you said I got to get it done because everyone does it. So what, what's it been like for you having, having kids? <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a little more stressful. But you know, like I told you last night, I'm glad I did it late. Yeah, you know, if I would have done it at thirty, I don't think my golf career would have been that long. It was just been—I uh, wouldn't have had the patience for it. I wouldn't have. It, it would have been—it would have been too much. You know, I'm glad I did it at forty-two or forty-three. Sorry, and um, you know, it, it's phenomenal now because I've kind of got everything sorted the way I you want. Got, you got the—you got the bottom of the bank covered. Yeah, I've got kind of. Yeah, I've got kind of things sorted. They got what the, we say on the tour that you, your sacks covered across yeah, the bottom. Exactly. Yeah, I just that's, got a, that's pretty much the bottom that's of the sack that's covered. Pretty much what it is. So. You know, I don't really have the, the stress of, you know, retirement and all the other kind of stuff, status. And, you know, even if I didn't play, I got the champ tour at 50 anyway, which is only going to be, you know, six and a half years away. If, if I didn't want to play, I'm still set. But, you know, I have even more love for the game now because I have to uh, manage my time a little better. You won't, you won't make it to you won't no, make it to the championship. I hope I don't. You won't make it to the championship. You'll be like me. You'll be on that porch. That's what I want to do. Um, hey, Diane, we've, we're hey. fully invested here with the Houston Astros playing um, – you know, of course, Jim Crane, who owns the Houston Astros, also is the one that owns this Houston Open now. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been a very busy week for us here uh, yeah. with that. Well, they're using the colors of the Astros uniforms for the tournament logo this week and for the T-Box markers and stuff. It looks great. There's going to be such a great vibe because the Astros are obviously doing so well right now in the playoffs. That's correct. But Pat's um, going out to the golf course today. He uh, He's going to play in a Pro-Am nine holes. Is that right? Good. 145. Pat, what and, do you uh, think Ruby. of this course? Um, because, well, you were T11 here in 2015, obviously coming off the back of an amazing week last week. What do you think about Golf Club of Houston? He, he's going to win it. Yeah, I'm mean, obviously going to try to win. <laughs> yeah. uh, my uh, my caddy said it's got a feel like the Sony Open around the green. So, you know, if it's got Bermuda-ish greens and, and Bermuda rough, uh, you know, it'll it'll play different. It's definitely going to play different than it did in uh, in March. Or so I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to it actually. Don't miss on the west side of the of the fringes here. Oh, right. I, I need to talk to you great. off this Top line tip. because <laughs> these guys, uh, Diane, they always play this. Else. They all, yeah, I won't tell anyone. Else. They uh, they 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 play this tournament in March before the Masters when they overseeded it, which is what you see in Palm Springs in the winter. But now it's the true Bermuda, so there's a lot of grain and. I'm, I'm I'm predicting that the scores will be much higher this I year. Think they'll be higher too. Yeah, and the drivers a, out of that rough are going to be tough to get close yeah, to the Yeah, different deal. Excellent. Yeah, I'm looking right, forward Pat, to it. We're going to let you go and get all prepped and ready, and uh, excited to see you in action from tomorrow. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. All of Pat's Secret Golf Player channels are at the website, but this is the one that Elk was talking about with Pat and Elk on the green talking about his basic setup and how he straightens his eye line. Okay, Pat. All right. You've been a cross-hander for a long time. Why? Just... I just can't set up the other way, to be honest with you. I, I get... I get... I don't know how to. I don't know how to set. My left arm doesn't get right. My left shoulder gets high. I don't really ever see the line straight. You look terrible there. I can't do it. I just. I. I really can't. I can't get my shoulders how I want to. I've tried wide. I've tried open. I've tried forward. 
I can never find the same spot twice. Never so, find the same sub. So when I set up with the with the right down, I put my left arm on the same every time. So how are you how are you powering the stroke? Are you shoulder down and up? Or? Well, yeah, I was just thinking about that. You know, I I have some. Sometimes my stroke gets too slow and too long. So then there's a decel. So when I start to feel like my speed gets off, I go short and quick. On purpose? Short, yeah, short and accelerating. So yeah. like for this, you know, with a shorter stroke, you're only going to hit it so far. But what, I, what I'm trying to do is get my acceleration through the ball. Yeah. And see, now that felt like I hit it twice as hard as a long stroke. Yeah. And it barely got to the hole. Yeah. So that's where I know I'm, I can still improve on that. But what ensures also is when I'm, when I'm doing that, I hit it more in the center. Center. When it gets long and kind of slow, I tend to hit them off the toe. Yeah. And that loopy, throws off, little yeah, loopy. A little loopy. Yeah. It just gets too long. So, um, you know, Tiger told me that I was getting ready to play whistling straights. And he said, why are you, why are you just stroke so long from four feet? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're, you're out to here. You can sing, sing the Star Spangled Banner on your backswing. <laughs> yeah, from four feet. So I, you know, I've, I'll, I'll ha I've had tournaments where I've gone short like that. If Tiger tells you something, you usually listen, don't you? Usually. See, that, that was fine because I hit it, I hit it solid. Yeah. I just pulled a little bit, but that's, those are the kind of drills I work on acceleration. So, Elk, I know that you obviously talk to Pat a lot. You guys have a, a close friendship and you like to talk to him about his game and stuff all the time. You must have been delighted to see the turn in form at the Shriners. Yeah, I think I was a little worried when uh, I was texting with him before he played, you know, in Napper. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm hitting it a lot further. You know, I fixed up the top of my backswing. And I'm thinking to myself, fixed up the top of your backswing? What is What's he talking about? And he goes, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hitting the ball miles further, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Well, okay, that didn't turn out too good in, Na uh, in uh, Napa, yeah. the Napa tournament. Yep. So he texted – so I wrote to him, you know, yeah, some, a text that I would send to someone like Pat was like, well, well how that looked pretty shitty. How'd that go? And um, he's like, no, no, I'm going back to my short swing. He said, I can't play that. I can't hit the ball like that. I'm like, oh, that's a good like, idea. I said, uh, and then, of course, I, yeah. Well, I also throw in, hey, man, I've been down that track, you know. I've, I've been down that track. I make them feel better and, uh, by saying, you know, we all make those kind of mistakes. I'm just glad that only happened for one week. He was gutted last year. He would have been frustrated at the end of the season because when it came to the FedEx Cup playoffs, he played the Northern Trust and then that was it. So out in the first round, that wasn't how he wanted it to go. He actually did admit that he felt that he'd been a little bit lazy when it came to going out and working on his game. So to find something that's so comfortable and to go back to basics, the setup that he used when he won in 2016 and had like an incredible year on tour, that mentally is going to be huge for him now. Yeah, I mean, look, when, when you think of, you know, most people that listen to us, when you think of Craig Stadler's swing or Tom Watson's or any of these players, you, you sort of can envision what they swing like. And it's really weird when a player says, oh, I'm going to change my total swing because it kind of is their swing. And, and as he, as he noted today in the podcast, which was interesting to me was I didn't know that when Pat hit his driver, that it's hard for him to hit up on the ball. <clears throat> in other words, you know, the track man and stuff, they tell you that if you could hit up on the ball about three or four degrees, I think he noted that Rory McIlroy was up eight degrees. Mm -hmm. um, the more up on it, you could hit the more potential you have for this launch. And Pat, you know, he said, 
well, I try to hit up 10 degrees and I only go even like zero. So that was, that was pretty, pretty interesting for me because I'm the opposite. I sometimes hit up on it so far that I actually have to feel like I'm hitting down on it. I'm still up, if that makes oh, sense. Okay. And Pat's admitted that he's never going to be a gym rat. He's never going to be like Brooks or like Bryson said he's going to do over the next couple of months and hit the gym and change his shape and beef up and grow the muscles. So for him, maybe it was a, a little bit of frustration thinking, right, what more can I do to hit the ball further to compete with these guys? Well, he just, you know, He's just getting a little older, Diane, and when you're playing next to these guys and they do rip it by you 50 yards, then you say, you, you keep asking yourself, well, what's in it for me? You know, what, what have I got to do? And are you going to change everything? And I've always, you know, he, 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 he told me he was getting a little baby fatigue, which where he's carrying all the strollers and stuff. And he's like, man, he says, this, this hurts me just to move from A to B. So he, he actually started to go to the gym and get a little strength in his shoulders. So I'm glad for him to do that. So that's good. But, Pat doesn't need to change any of that stuff. He he's a flexible guy. He he's not you know he's not going to hit the ball for miles. But you expect to see him. You don't when you when, look when they turn on the TV and you're looking for Pat Perez, you don't expect him to be down there 350. You, you're waiting for him to hit a decent iron shot, okay. and then you're going to hold a putt. That's that's what he's that's that's his deal. It's funny though because looking at the Vegas, uh, the Shriners Open in Vegas, he was 17th in driving distance, which out of the field is I, good. And you said that with the new PXG driver. I told him, I said, mate, I said he on the 16th he hit a seven iron into that par five. I said nobody else hit a seven iron in that par five. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. You just get you, you just get overrun out there when you're on the range with these guys. You see these guys like Cameron Champ. That's you know, he's hitting a driver and a seven iron, eight iron to the par five at Silverado when he won in Napa and you're hitting two woods. You're like, what the hell is going on? You know. But the good um, thing for us, like for me to hear that and for like weekend golfers to hear that, it's so important that like it's almost refreshing to hear that these guys are they're all they're always searching for something more and we do it too but it's like okay you know what you're good at like stick to what you're good at and work on that like that's going to be the strength of your game yeah i mean he's he's no different this week's different you know talking to the Houston Open this this is a different course and when i did the strategy this course you know i was looking i was mentioned last night the Cameron Champ I don't think he's going to win this week because he's no room for him at bottlenecks. So this is a perfect course for a medium length tour player because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the this course in Houston, I don't like it. I never did like it. And I don't mind saying I don't like it because it has a lot of water on both sides and it has big slopes. So if you do go in the water, you have to drop on the side of the slope. It's like a shot and a half penalty. It just mm -hmm. never has worked for me. And, um, you know, this is a perfect course for Pat and a perfect course for some of the medium long hitters. Okay. It's the 14th and final time it's going to be held at the Golf Club of Houston. Next year it moves to Memorial Park Golf Club with it, Tom Doak. And Brooks Kepka is like the, the player consultant on the course design. This week, though, is big for the Houston Open because... It's a change in schedule. Normally, we see this tournament the week before the Masters. It's funny to think that the last champion of the Houston Open was Ian Poulter in 2018. It's like a year and a half ago. But it's going to play very, very different. The primary rough has grown up like two inches. You guys have had a lot of rain there recently, haven't you? Oh, we always have a lot of rain, uh, Diane. That's a, that's a hazard of Texas, uh, amongst other things. But yeah, they're going to see a different course. It uh, used to be overseeded 
in the spring when they played here. And of course it looked like Palm Springs, but now it's, uh, you know, the, the color has gone out of the course a little bit because of the fall is arriving and the rough is explosive, which means it's you know, two inch Bermuda grass. It's not a lot of moisture in the grass. So these guys are going to be hitting these massive flies out of the rough, which is you know unpredictable, which is great for viewing. And, you know, it's, uh, it's good for separating the field because it's, you know, the scores aren't all going to bunch to the top. There's going to be some casualties out there on this course. So as you um, say, it's going to favour like a, a medium hitter and accuracy yeah. is going to be key. I think so, because this is all about, you know, there's like, there's an opportunity to hit it in the water. This is a, not a good ideal course for you, Diane. There's like 28 times you can go into the water on this course <laughs> and you would not be able to play your Taco Bell ball at this course. Mm-mm. I have to be honest, no course is a good course for me right now. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> well, where's oh. your brother? He's here. He is here. He's here. And uh, Russell had a good, good three days. Good course to him. To be honest, Russell had a good 70 holes last week in Vegas. And then the final two holes, I, I don't even know what happened to him. Actually, 69 holes because I think he went like bogey, bogey, double at the end so that just killed him but Russell's feeling good about his game and he missed the cut here last year but I was texting with him earlier and he's feeling good again like Pat Russell's not a huge hitter he's definitely in that medium category and he accuracy is his game yeah I think you know people come into this tournament you know it's not a great field this year some of the some of the guys in our SG Tour game are ranked 2000 in the world rankings um Rich Beam got a got a spot, uh, so um, you know he, he's a broadcaster, I think. So they've got a lot of new young players playing, so it's going to be hard to pick a winning team on SG Tour this week. But um, I always like seeing uh, two two guys that I'm I'm looking forward to watching this week. One one's called Michael Paris. He played at University of Houston with Sam, and he's graduated and went on the Chinese uh, circuit or ja- over in Asia, and he's almost. He's like 12th on their money list over there. And if he has finishes in the top 10, he gets onto the Nationwide or the uh, the, the Corn Ferry. And then a, mm. another one is Cole Hammer. Cole Hammer is a, yeah. a member of Champions Club, and he's a famous amateur around here. So I'm interested to see Cole. Um, Rian Gibson's in town, an Australian who holds the record for the lowest round ever shot. So there's a lot of a lot of young guys that are real hungry that want to want to play good. So... Hey, I'm okay with these some of these events when I see them in the fall like this. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what Pat was saying as well, that his goal for the fall season is to win and to lock up his card for the next three years. And when you have, I hate saying reduced fields, but when it is a field like that, when you have the 2,000 ranked player in the world competing and there's a few kind of around that standard, you've got to be looking at the likes of Pat, the likes of Russell, Patton, Duffner, these guys that that really want to go out and get it locked down early. Yep. I mean, if you're coming to Houston in the fall, I mean, you you better have the right attitude, you know, about playing golf. I mean, there's no room out on tour anymore for for bad attitude. But Pat won 486,000 last week, finishing third. I said you should have a you should be wearing a mask when you come into my house because you're robbing someone. You're a, you're ro- you're a, you're a thief. You're a robber. He goes, what are you talking about? I finished third. I won 486. It's standard. I'm like. Mate, I don't think I ever won a check big. I won one check bigger than 486, and I won a ton of time. But listen, Pat also was partying it up in Vegas. I'm sure that the Bills 
were pretty high when it came to their Sunday night club celebration for Ashley's birthday. <laughs> he said it's at 483. He said he spent three. So that was the bill, I guess. So. Wow. He said it's not 486, it's 483. That's not too bad in his world, is it? Um, I just want to talk about one hole because we have loads of strategy. If you go to the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, you're doing flyovers. We've got them on our Twitter and stuff too, but they're amazing. They're one of my favourite things that we have right now. But talk us through the 18th because the 18th at Golf Club of Houston is the hardest hole on the course. Yeah, I was showing Pat the flyovers today, and he's like, "You did the, you did the, you did the uh, strategy on these." I'm like, "Yeah, I did the strategy." I said, "It was our app." He goes, "Oh," he said, "The first thing I'm doing is going over the little house, and I'm going to listen to every hole you wrote." <laughs> he said, "But I'm not going to tell anyone else what, what you uh, that it's on here because I didn't know that you had the actual voiceover of how to play the hole." That's so funny. he said, "So going to your question, which is hole number 18, is one of the hardest holes on the PGA Tour, and it's I don't know, it's like 400. I think it's four. 44, if I recall, doing the flyover. But um, it's got water all the way down the left, Diane. It's one of those holes like you see 18 at Pebble Beach or number 18 at TPC Sawgrass. It's one of those holes that if you hook it, you're going straight in the water. Mm -hmm. And if you hook it on your second shot, you're going straight in the water. And there's a big bunker out to the right. But the interesting thing this week, Diane, is we've got a cool front that's come in. And um, it's going to be 50 degrees on Saturday. And that hole will play into the wind, and we may get a crown of champion having to play back-to-back 17 and 18 holes dead into the wind, a north wind, which is very unusual, but it will be the most nastiest hole to play into the wind on ever because the tee shot will be into off the left. And anyone knows when you have water on the left and the wind off the left and you it's, it's tempting to start it out in the water to mm-hmm. let the ball drift, it's just awkward to say the least i want to talk about brian Harmon a little bit as well because this course doesn't really favor the left-handed golfer however Harmon is on fire right now six top 20s in his last 10 starts and it's almost like i mean every week i'm kind of checking that leaderboard to see just how high up Harmon's going to be because i feel like it's not far away yeah Harmon's good too because he's grew up in the south so he knows how to put bermuda greens this is a different deal they got this real grainy greens here because they're not in that, as I said, they're not in that spring where they have the, um, you know, the, the rye grass. So the original grass is down and there's a tremendous amount of pull. And what that means, Diane, is as the grass grows here in the south, um, it follows the sun for nutrients, and of course, and uh, it gets bent over from east to west. So you, you have what we call a fair amount of grain. That doesn't happen on bent grass, but or out on the West Coast, like Pebble Beach, they don't have that grain like we do. So it's like if you have a straight putt from 10 feet and the grain is left to right, it may sometimes, Diane, break a cup that you can't see. So it takes a lot of course knowledge, and, you know, Harmon knows how to play that. And if you're picking an SG Tour team this week, I'm leaning myself, Diane. I know I haven't seen your team yet. I know you, but I'd be picking the Southern players that grew up on Bermuda grass would be my extra special tip do you want me to tell you my teams nope oh you don't i always like seeing your team i know russell's on it for sure <laughs> i know pat's going to be on it because uh I didn't they're in different categories i didn't pick you didn't pa- okay so you had to pick why. russell then i mean i do for every single one well you can I go back and change yeah and now i'm looking at that um yeah, I'm just looking at them. I'm not going to tell you. You can go and look for yourself. I'm doing so badly on the SG Tour right now. Last week, I won $1.04. <laughs> like, 
total. <laughs> I lost I lost every game last week too, Diane. So yeah. there's some people that uh, you look at some of the scoring they do, and of course. Those that don't know, on the SG Tour app, you now can game on the tour, and uh, we're picking four players from each of the world categories, A, B, C, and a D, and we're taking that accumulative score to par, and that's your team. And, and of course, um, I'm having a lot of fun, and um, people tell me, Diane, that uh, they can't watch the tour on TV anymore without having the app up because it's got so much live action. No, it's true. It's exciting. It just adds a whole new element. So you can play along this week. We've got free games running as well. So if you've never played before, you can go on and try out a free game and see how you get on, get the lay of the land. Um, yeah, also, I think that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Jim Crane of the Houston Astros. want to talk about him quickly because he really has saved this tournament. It was in a lot of trouble and it was going to be axed from the PGA Tour schedule. And Jim Crane came in. There's a huge nod to the Astros. For example, the logo for the tournament is the Astros uniform colours, the tee box markers. They have like a huge Houston Astros 19th hole with drinks and food and they'll be showing the games. But it's so exciting to merge, well, the buzz of the Astros with this tournament. Yeah, look, Jim knows how to do it, Diane. He owns the Astros. He's, he's even, you know, when you go to some of these Astros games, they give you these little plastic replicas of the rings that we won two years ago and they're doing it this week if you're going out you get a if you go on saturday you get the replica of the trophy of the houston open trophy i think that's sunday that's a good little trophy to have on your bookcase and um there's another one i think they're given another sort of astros home plate uh, replica so they're look he just knows how to do it you know crane's been a very successful businessman he's a member here at champions club he uh he uh, he basically business. He invented everything that's shipped on a crate. That was his original business, and then he bought the Astros. He owns the Floridian course down in Florida, yep. and now he has Houston Open. Um, my son Sam's goal is to work for Jim someday because he's got all the assets that that uh, Sam loves. You know, golf, baseball. It's a good goal to have. What about the Astros? Because I know that last night you and Pat were glued to them on TV. Not only me, Diane, my daughter Annie is the biggest Astros fan. My wife Lisa and Sam were all over there. Annie, Annie almost can't watch it. She gets so nervous. So um, <laughs> she knows every player. And, and um, of course, we were the number one team in baseball this year. So the winner, you know, the winner of this game on Thursday gets to play the Yankees, which is, uh, you know, that'd be awesome too to see the Yankees come to town because we did have the best record. So we, we get home field advantage and we've got the best pitcher going on Thursday night. So. Are the Atlanta Braves out good. there? Are they still in it? No, they play today to see who them or St. Louis goes. Okay, all right. Um, when I was at the Tour Championship, I went to the Braves game and it was my first baseball game and they gave me a certificate to commemorate that fact and I've still got it. So I feel like I've got a little bit of affiliation towards the Braves now. Well, let's hope, let's hope that, uh, let's hope that uh, you, you don't, you know, Run that lucky streak all the way with those Braves. We don't care for, the, don't care for them at all. Get them out. <laughs> uh, Elk, are you going to go to the tournament this week? I'm not sure. I am playing in a pro-am. They're having a, a, a celebrity pro-am on Saturday that Mr. Okay. Crane is putting on. There's going to be a lot of baseball players. I think Tom Kite's coming in. Nice. Uh, some other Champions Tour, Texas people, Crenshaw, uh, Biggio, Bagwell, a lot of guys, Nolan Ryan. <clears throat> We're going to be playing on the opposite course on a Saturday morning. So, yeah, that day, I think I'll um, stay and go out and watch our players, okay. see what's going on. And you're going to have some of them over to your house for a barbecue, I hear. 
Friday night, uh, we will have everyone over and, uh, of course your brother will be the last one. Always RSVPs. You're, you're very, um, you know, you're like really efficient and, um, what happened to your brother? Did he, because he's the youngest, did he just get pampered so much that he doesn't have to do anything? I honestly can't believe we're related sometimes, but do you know what? Don't take it personally because he is so rubbish with me. I feel like he's just bad with everyone. (laughs) And I almost say to him, dude, like, come on, be polite. Like, you've got to reply to people and you've got to, like, be a bit more proactive. We are night and day different, like, nail on the head. And it's because he was pampered. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Unreal. Still I'll go is. over and see everybody. Good. Excellent. I'm going to go over and see everybody. Right, Elk, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great week. All right, thanks. I loved this podcast today and um, I learned a lot. It's very interesting hearing Pat talk about why he was trying to get more distance and why it wasn't working. Going back to basics, you know, for him to see that change immediately, the momentum is there for this week. And as Elk was saying, this course really does suit him being a medium hitter and with such accuracy. Last week at the Shriners, he was sixth in strokes gained putting. For the tour right now, overall, he's eighth. And greens in regulation, he's Fifth, that's a huge stat for Pat and important this week, I guess, when it comes to accuracy and not really a course that's going to favour those big bombers that can smash it everywhere. So looking forward to seeing that this week. We have 10 of our secret golfers in the field. Pat, of course, Bronson Vergoon, Jason Duffner, Rian Gibson, Brian Harmon, JJ Henry, Patton Kazire, Russell Knox, Andrew Landry and Chris Stroud. We'll be following along on our secret golf social media. Also, the SG Tour is up and running. Now, next week, it's the South Korean tournament, the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges, and we're not going to have it up and running for that. So if you do want to play along on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, then this is the week to do it. We have free games running, actually, so you can do the free tournament-long four-ball game. You just have to get your team picked by the end of today. And then we have free one-day games for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you've never played before, download it in the App Store, SG Tour, and play along for free. Give it a go and see how you get on. And if you do want to play in a game against your friends for a little bit of cash, then I hope you win more money than I did last week. One dollar and four (laughs) cents. This week is probably not going to be any better, but it's fun. Thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't subscribed already, do so on iTunes, on Podbean or any other podcast apps or websites. We're on Spotify and you can listen at secretgolf.com. And we'll be back with another podcast next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.